Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Morning shot. Good morning. I'm Lin Lee and welcome to Morning Shot. In recent months, crop production in some parts of the world have been affected by heavy rains as well as soaring temperatures. In particular, this sent the prices of tomatoes and onions in India skyrocketing. And this will only get worse as our world gets warmer. Scientists are warning that fungal infections that damage a significant proportion of crops will exacerbate as fungi proliferate in hot climates. According to the US, Food and Agriculture Organization, costs of commodities like vegetable oils and sugar have also seen fluctuations. For more insights, we're joined by food security expert Professor Paul Ting from the S. Rajaratnam School of International Studies at NTU. Welcome to the show, Paul. Yeah, good morning. Very good morning to you. Now, to what extent will the effects of climate change like rising temperatures exacerbate the challenges or issues faced by crop growers and any potential medium-term adaptation that they can adopt to mitigate? I think certainly climate change, as we have seen, has had profound effect on crop farming in particular. And you mentioned temperatures for the heat waves that are hitting quite a few countries right now. For those, you know, stun crops, they reduce uh, growth and development, prevent flowering, stuff like that, you know. But also drought related to temperature. I think we know that drought, which is lack of water, kills crops and may even force farmers to grow less area or have lower yields. For example, Thailand just last week announced that they've asked their farmers to grow less rice because there's not enough water to go around. So that's a danger sign because every time, you know, an exporting country like Thailand grows less rice, that means that there's less in the world market. Mm. But let's finish off the climate change story. Now, apart from the heat waves and drought, there's flooding, as you mentioned. Now, we saw hundreds of hectares of croplands being destroyed in Pakistan and now China. That's right. And delayed monsoons that upset the planting season, especially for rice. And also, another thing that most people don't realize, sea level rice. Okay? One of the major rice-producing areas is the Mekong Delta in Vietnam. And they're facing challenges now from sea level rise inundation of salt water and so on, you know. So net-net, climate change has been having a big effect on crop farming. And going forward, we can expect it, you know, to either get worse or be equally bad because of uh, unexpected weather changes and so on. Mitigation is a tough one. I think the term that we use is adaptation. What can we do to adapt, you know, to all these issues? In fact, there are quite a few things that can be done. Of course, one is, you know, to plant crops that are more adapted to different climate change factors like drought resistance, or drought tolerance, or flooding tolerance. And there are actually varieties, you know, rice. There are actually varieties of rice mm-hmm. which tolerate flooding uh, up to 15 days and they can recover quite, quite nicely. So that's just one example. And then there's drought tolerant maize which can be grown in areas that are going to potentially suffer you know, from water shortages. But farmers can also change their kind of planting cycles and also change crops, type of crops that they grow, for example, which require less water. So these are adaptation measures that can be done by farmers. Now, of course, in Singapore, you know, we are quite well known for our controlled environment agriculture, which means growing crops indoors where you control the environment, temperature, humidity, and so on. Now, that's one, I would say, short-term measure that can be done to help us ensure that we've got fresh vegetables. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas all the vegetables going outside may be dying from drought and heat and so on, yeah? So, so there are some possibilities. And, and, of course, there's a lot of research going on right now because of the anticipated problems of climate change going forward. 
But Paul, with the hot climate, there's uh, you know more possibility of fungal infections. At least scientists are warning that. So zooming into this, how big of a problem is it currently? And which crop species are more susceptible? Certainly. I think we need to recognize that in the average year, diseases caused by fungi already cause anywhere from 10 to 15% losses. I've studied this for several decades now. Mm. You know, but what's happening with climate change now is that warmer temperatures are moving northward. And the additional water and humidity, you know, fungi love water and higher temperatures of the certain limit. Huh? Mm-hmm. So you find it like the wheat crop, you know, in North America, Canada, further north, they're suffering from a disease called stem rust, which again has been around for decades. Mm-hmm. But because of this shift northwards, the higher temperatures and sometimes more humidity, we're seeing the range of the, the fungi infection going northwards. Mm-hmm. Then in the tropics, you know, rice, there's a very well-known rice disease called rice blast, which again is filled by high humidity. So with all these changes, yes, indeed, fungi thrive in areas that have decent temperature and decent amount of water. That's how they infect the crop. And, and it's so country-specific and region-specific, really. But, but net net, yes, I think, I think it's safe to say that, yeah, uh, we can anticipate disease problems caused by fungi on crops to become more serious going forward. Mm. How fast do these fungal infections spread from one plant to another? And are there more crops that might be more susceptible to fungal infections? Yeah, you see, it really, again, you know, it depends on the type of fungi. You know, fungi come in different forms. Now, those that produce spores they are the ones that are likely to spread very fast between mm. plants, between fields, because they're basically carried by wind. Okay? So, so those years can spread. I mean, I've seen epidemics of uh, plant diseases in rice fields completely destroy a rice field in two days. That's how fast it wipes out the crop. Yeah. All crops are equally susceptible to this. If they don't have what we call host plant resistance, okay, which is you know, bred into all modern varieties, this is the ability genetically to resist certain diseases. Almost all our modern crop varieties have some form of uh, resistance to pathogens like fungi. The problem is that these fungi are microbes. So they're also evolving all the time overcome the resistance. Yeah, so it's a continuing battle. So plant breeders have really keep up you know, with this evolution of the microbe you know, and keep coming up with new plant varieties mm. that can resist you know, the, uh, the disease itself. But Paul, surely in this day and age, there must be technologies that are available to ensure that our crops are better protected from diseases like that. And how foolproof are they? Okay, nothing is 100% foolproof <laughs> in plant protection. Uh, yes, there are measures and technologies. Mm-hmm. For example, in, in the case of fungal disease control, I mentioned host plant resistance. Now, fungicides are the other possibility. And in fact, many, many of the, the so-called North European countries, use of fungicides is very normal itself. Now, depending on which side of the fence you sit on, you might argue that hey, fungicides are bad because they're a chemical, right? Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if you don't use them, you lose the entire crop. Mm-hmm. I mean, things like grapes and those who love to drink wine. Yeah. Potatoes, for example, they're already susceptible to certain diseases. Mm. And if you don't protect them, they're gone. Now, there's also like cultural te- what we call cultural technique, like planting wider spacing within plants, or using less nitrogen, or even uh, you know, physically removing diseased plants, as in the case of viral diseases. So this is all possible. But the big button is this. Now, with modern biotechnology, we finally have a tool called gene editing, which allows us really to dramatically change you know, the, the current genome without introducing any foreign DNA to become more resistant to pests and diseases and also have higher yield. So gene editing is a modern tool now where we're seeing a lot of hope 
for the future. Mm. It, it's what we call a new form of breeding for plants by manipulating the current uh, genes that we have, the genome that we have. That's a simplified explanation. Mm. They're not GMOs. They're using current uh, you know, uh, genes that we have, yeah. Very interesting, Paul. Now, recently, we also saw India ban the exports of non-Basmati white rice in their mm. attempts to calm rising domestic prices. What happens when a ban on exports of a food staple like that, you know, that's so essential to the diets of billions around the world, is undertaken? Well, I think you, you have said it really, you know, because we're so interconnected nowadays in our food supply chains, any exporting country, underlying exporting country, that reduces its exports, have implications for the world market. And, and rice is a good example. Rice is such a, what we call a thinly traded crop. Mm. Only about 7% of total rice produced is traded. So anytime any exporting country, and, and India is number one, right? 40% of the world's exports come from India. So once it's banned that, you know, the, the flow through effects will affect everybody else. Now, the, the danger that most people don't realize is that if you couple that with climate change and losses in rice production, let's say in China, Pakistan, and so on, that means that some of these countries that normally are self-sufficient rice may also have to import. And the net net is that you've got a smaller basket of you know of rice, but more competitors to buy the rice. So inevitably prices will go up. So one of the, the fastest I think you know impacts is really price hikes. And we're starting to see that happening now with the non-basmati rice. Mm. That's the reason. And then going forward, you know, you, you relate that again to what the Thai government has asked its farmers to do: reduce the planting of rice. And Thailand is number two or three, you know, it depends on the year, mm-hmm. just for rice exporting. So going forward, you know, I think we're going to see a very tight rice market uh, the rest of this year. Mm. Uh, well, very quickly, we've been talking about food crops, but uh, looking at food security more broadly, we recently heard about the Baramandi group harvesting all of its Baramandi and also stopped stocking three of its ocean-based farm sites with juvenile fish due to outbreaks caused by the scale drop disease virus. So mm-hmm. how concerning is this problem for our aquaculture industry? Okay, again, you know, virus diseases on fish are what I call an evergreen problem. Okay, they're not new at all. But there are measures such as vaccinations and, and vaccines which can actually prevent, you know, in a sense, immunize the fish against all these, you know, pathogens. But uh, my, my worry, in fact, is not so much about the virus because there is a clear-cut approach to try to tackle it. It's for some of the other things we can't control because of climate change, rising sea temperatures, for example. You know, that's a big problem because every time the temperature rises in the seawater, you reduce the amount of oxygen available to the fish. So basically, you're suffocating them, right? Mm. And unless you're a modern farm with aeration, you're going to face great difficulties growing, uh, you know, sea bears of Baramundi. All right. Thank you so much for those insights, Paul, and for your time this morning. Very pleasure. We've been speaking with food security expert Professor Paul Ting from the S. Rajaratnam School of International Studies at NTU. Stay with Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.